is Bears Bonanza Monday on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000. Local programming continues. Uh, Big Bears Monday here as Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace have both been fired. George is going to speak, George McCaskey, in about an hour. We're going to transition into Jeff Meller and Deion Miller. They're our pregame show. They got you a noon to two. More of your phone calls. And then Waddle and Sylvie. Then Chris Black. Thanks for listening, calling and participating. And great job, as always, by Randy Merkin. And Eric Ostrowski today did a wonderful, in, huh? wonderful montage. What a nice job. The ups and downs of four years in Nagy. Unfortunately, more downs than ups. Yeah, the last three have definitely been yeah. uh, more down than up. For it's sure. been rough. Um, you guys, uh, Yurko said you guys are like a, like a crime show, like crime the old show. Mallory show. And Miller, <laughs> Mallory, like the old heart <laughs> to heart. Or I love it. Cagney and Lacey. You're on the streets of Blue Island, yeah. Illinois, making it happen. <laughs> Mallory and Miller for the next two hours. Yeah, I mean, listen, we knew this was coming here, but we knew Nagy was coming. The pace firing this morning, I think, yeah. was a pleasant surprise for a lot of Bears fans. It's like a gift. I mean, it is. it gives me optimism. That George McCaskey has finally listened and heard from the all the voices out there, the fans, but also maybe some Insiders. smart football people yeah. that, yeah. hey, if you're going to make a change and you're going to truly be serious about winning, you need to remove the GM who's had seven years and whose record was far worse than the head coach who you're firing. He had so, one yeah. winning season in seven years. One. 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 I mean, it's unthinkable and no playoff wins. And then I, I went back yesterday because I guess I had 45 minutes on my hands and listened to last year's press conference oh, when they insisted oh. on the continuity between these two mm-hmm. will bring the success that they're looking for. I mean, it was as crazy yesterday as it was a year ago. A year later. Insane. And here we are a year later with largely the same list of questions for George McCaskey. The one thing I'll say, though, is that last year, we all knew it was a fraud. They were selling us the idea that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy were going to fix their issues. And everybody was listening and asking the same question skeptically. Really? What have they shown you that gives them this opportunity to do so? Well, at least we have full change and we will um, hear George McCaskey speak at one o'clock. We'll bring you the best stuff as, uh, as that wraps up today. But I'm just encouraged that now that you can make a clean break from Ryan Pace, and I think the real question is, too, because you know he'll be asked, what is Ted Phillips' role in the Bears Mm -hmm. organization now moving forward? I think Yurko's put it best the way Bears want to see it. Construction trailer. Yes. Go work on Arlington Heights, right? That's right. You got a little... uh, Look, Dave, those trailers are nice. You go, you Beautiful. spend some time <laughs> in the trailer. Yeah. You get, you know, yeah, you supervise. FH Passion, you yes. know, Walsh Construction. Yeah. Right. Whoever's going to be there. Ozinga Concrete. Get They're all going to be out there. Oh, Ted, everybody. you know, wheels and deals a little gotta, bit here. Gotta have a trailer. Work on your payoffs for whoever you got to pay off. If uh, I, listen, if I'm George McCaskey, all the questions that you're asking about what you should do with Ted Phillips and what you're going to do and what your timeline is, in my statement, I release my statement answering all those questions. And then I including the timeline of when we plan on getting this thing done and oh, naming a coach. Wouldn't that be? And something? then I move on and say thank you very much for coming out. We'll so, see you when we have an announcement wow. to make. Period. Short and sweet. I'd love that. Well, wow. short and sweet, but outlining exactly what the schedule is, well, what Ted Phillips' assignment is, what this is, and move on, and then just walk out of there and say thank you very much and nah, get out of dodge. Well, I don't have a lot of faith that they have a vision set up that see, way. That's, that's the problem. Like I, mean, I don't think he even could sit there and say, "I'm going to articulate wh- right. where we're going moving forward." Right, and it was just his voice, and that's all you could Boy, use. Jeff. It's going to be a little no funky. other, you know, impromptu it, yeah. questions. Yeah, but I'm controlling the message at this point. Yes. If I'm McCaskey, right. if I'm George, right. I don't know if anybody's giving them that advice, but that's what I would advise them to do. Crystal 
simple, sweet. That's it. English yeah, I, 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 I would not necessarily be. I, I would not be, be a clown show. Oh. Just uh-huh. like, hey, hey, how yeah, about like the clown the show in Jacksonville, game. my friend? <laughs> for the clown show, it worked. For the clown show, that clown show worked. It worked. Listen, I love the fact that the fans were so annoyed with the way that that organization's been run that they decided, you know what? It's a debacle. Let's make our voices heard. Let's yeah. go ahead and dress up like clowns. And I don't know if you guys <laughs> saw the report, but apparently before the national anthem, several Jacksonville Jaguar fans took off their clown wigs. Oh, good. Oh, in well, respect. So I think respect. at least they were respectful. Classy yeah. fans yeah. down in Jacksonville. You got classy Every time clowns. I go to Instagram or Twitter, it's Sylvie screaming face out there <laughs> <laughs> with the J.D. Bear shirt, J.D. Bear's hat, and the ugliest pair of red and black shirts I've ever seen in the history of man. Yeah. He's fired up. From He's his driveway. I, and He's listen. looking for hell freezing over. What are you looking in your driveway for hell freezing over? Well, How gotta, the hell in your driveway? You start is your own home hell? Is your own home hell? Is that what you're telling me? Better, is, the, is that the symbolism? My own uh, home is hell. I walked into my driveway. I'm looking around to see if my own home is frozen over. What would a psychologist say about that? <laughs> yeah, that's my point. Thank you. But so the questions we need answered from George McCaskey is what is Ted Phillips' role? Mm-hmm. And also... How do you see the flowchart flow working in your organization? Because Deanna and I were discussing this in the bullpen. It doesn't have to be the GM hires the head coach. There's plenty of really good organizations around the league, some of the best, actually, where the head coach kind of has the power over the GM. San Francisco. San Francisco, yeah. Kyle Shanahan. Andy Reid in Kansas City. Yeah. Brett Veach was elevated, but yeah. he worked under Andy Reid for a long time. Reid kind of won that power struggle between he and Dorsey. And do you think yeah. they're better off for it? Yes. I know. Listen, and I'm not saying John Dorsey's a bad GM. I know Yurko has a lot of respect for him. He's done some pretty good jobs building teams around the league, but I think the Chiefs are absolutely happy with where they're at as an organization. Uh, I would say so. Bill Belichick in New England. Yeah. Yes. You can't tell me he doesn't. He's no, not he's, handpicked please. GMs time and time again, right? For the last yes, but the question years. remains: like, what coach would they get that they would trust to to have more power than the GM or be able to help name who that GM is? That's that's where I'm like at this point. Like, I don't. I look at these list of coaching candidates, and I'm not sure who's getting not me impressed. really excited. Yeah. Like, I'm not. I'm yeah, not Brad like, Biggs woo! gave us 27 names. 27 names. 27 names. He tried to cover every aspect of guys who could, could potentially. I would probably whittle it down to more like 12, uh, realistically. 12 is a lot. A lot. I'm, tr- I'm just being like, you whittle know. Whittle it down to four. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the names that intrigue you are Jim Harbaugh, obviously. And I know you. Not much. Yeah. But here's no, the thing about Harbaugh. Not much with me either. But if they got Harbaugh, I, you would have to admit, you would feel like they could do much worse. Yes. Like Jim Harbaugh would bring a professionalism to this organization that over the past few years, I could think it's been lacking. Worse? Yeah. I don't, yeah. but I don't know that I want I'm that with to be you, the though. selling point. Like, well, you could have my been hope, worse. My hope is that I think the problem with someone like Jim Harbaugh is that he tends to rub people the wrong way, yeah. wear out his totally. welcome quickly. Right. And so are you artificially closing your own window what I don't for like. winning if you do so with Harbaugh? Because is he going to be able to last in a place more than four or five years? Probably not. And so. I, I don't want to do this again in four I. or five years. That's they they shouldn't to want to do this again in four or five years. But I feel like we will, too. I don't want I it. feel like I don't have any faith that oh. we're not going to be right back here in 26 Isn't saying, oh, it is so sad. It's depressing. Yeah. They haven't even started the search really I mean, yet. And I'm God. already resolved oh, to have it just mess it up. Yeah. So but do you need to hire the head coach first or do you want a GM hired first? I mean, to do it, to, to, for me to do it correctly. You got to hire the GM who hires the coach. 
in this situation, in the Bears situation. I would be hiring a president if I'm George. George yeah. can't do this yes. job. No. I would be or hiring well. a president. And <laughs> yes. if it's a guy like Trace Armstrong. Yes. You want to hire, you wanna that, hire three then. That, uh, then you'd be hiring three people. Yeah. Trace Armstrong's the name that really, because if he, he's willing yes. to leave what he currently has done. No, I mean, he's not, built up. He might not quite, be willing to do that. Yeah, I mean, because he has a very lucrative a uh, yeah. job where he's the um, agent for plenty of NFL and college head coaches. coaches. We're talking mm-hmm. like the best in the business. Yeah. So the Bears would have to make a very enticing offer to Trace, but he clearly has contacts around the league and he knows what he's doing. Understands contracts and negotiation and the salary cap and the players and I mean, like all of it, he, you know. I would start with something he, like that if I were George. Listen, he's the dream get because he was also yeah. the head of the NFLPA That's for right. I think mm-hmm. what was it like eight years. Yeah. So he yeah. spent plenty as a player. He's done it as the at the NFLPA level as the president of that organization, and now he knows the coaching side too. The thing about Trace Armstrong is he has so many you know so many uh, people he can rely on to go and say, "Listen, am I be being sold a bill of good goods here or?" Is the information I'm getting about this young coaching candidate truly something I can believe in? Because that's the problem. Mm-hmm. You talk around coaching circles, everybody wants to you know, talk up their guy. But can you truly trust it? Trace Armstrong is somebody who you know can see through that or has yeah. other people who we can contact and say, listen, is this too good to be true? Is this somebody we should be looking at in the organization? That's the type of person you need in that organization. My fear is that he has so many contacts that they would tell him not to come to this particular franchise that things would well, not go smoothly. Well, he's familiar with it. Yeah. I mean, sure. I mean, he knows it a little he bit. He knows the dynamic. The yeah. I would do that because yeah. I don't think George should be responsible for having anybody underneath him that has to report back up to him in terms of what we should be doing with the pick, with the free agent right. signing, with the contract. I, I think he should. I'm the owner. I'll make lots of money and I, I want the Bears to win. Find yeah. somebody... That can do it, that has the eyes um, that, unfortunately, you just don't have. That can do it, that can say, this is how we have to rebuild this organization to be competitive. I looked at the guy from Los Angeles, the Rams. That's right next to Les Snead. Jeff Portman's or Portman's or something like that. That kind of guy. Younger guy. Can come in here. He's been around the league. They've been very aggressive with the L.A. Rams. They go out and get guys. They trade. They've been, hey, this is our window. This is our championship window. This is when we're going to try to get it done. So, you know, somebody like, to me, like that, that's what I'm looking for. Somebody young to come in here, new ideas, and just kind of get things. Did not make Biggs' 21 GM candidates, (laughs) potential GM candidates. He's got 27 coaches and And 21 GM candidates for you, potentially. Uh, I'm intrigued by, I will say, Thomas Dimitrov. Dimitrov Dimitrov had a good run in Atlanta, and I don't, look, they lost 28 to 3. Uh, or I'm sorry, they were winning 28-3 in the Super yeah. Bowl, and they blew the lead, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't put that on Dimitrov. That was a no. coaching fiasco, right? Yes. right. They, he basically delivered them to the Super Bowl. He just needed his head coach and offensive coordinator yeah. to seal the deal. And they couldn't And they it. didn't. So, no, he built a pretty good roster for a little while down there. Listen, and he, went, he, he, and he wasn't afraid to go up. And here's the thing that Ryan Pace never understands. You can fall in love with certain players if it's in the right moment of your organization. Thomas Dimitrov re- recognized he had a franchise quarterback in Matt Ryan, yeah. and he needed Julio Jones. Julio. Went up and got him and made the move to do it. Meanwhile, Ryan Pace, time and time again, falls in love with guys he wants and doesn't understand that as good as a, a, a scout as you can be, you're still probably going to be wrong more than 50% of the time. Of course. Yeah. That's the nature yeah. of the game. So don't 
give extra assets that you don't need to. That's you need somebody who understands that basic premise. Well said. Yeah. All right, guys. Lots of calls. Hey, best of luck to you. you know, and and yeah. you get the press conference, and guys. George at we one. Do. Congratulations. <laughs> we were hoping it was going to happen during ours, but uh, the announcement came that it was going to happen at 1 o'clock. No, you're right. Uh, live and local all day long, 312-332-3776. We are taking your calls here on Meller & Miller, preempting Greeny today. And uh, Waddle and Sylvie will be in at 2 as well. And, of course, Black will take you right up to the national championship game. So talking bears changes all day long, folks. All right, so don't go anywhere. Jeff and Dan have you covered. Have a great is Bears Bonanza Monday on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000. Bears Bonanza is brought to you by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Acura dealers. I am Jeff Meller alongside Dion Miller as we preempt Greeny today because it is a big day. We knew it was coming, Dion. At least we knew the Matt Nagy portion was coming. We did. We weren't so sure about Ryan Pace, but he has been fired by the Chicago Bears, which means we are all anxious, anxiously awaiting George McCaskey, the chairman who will speak at 1 o'clock, to divulge to us what the plan is going to be moving forward. Let's hope he divulges that plan. You know what I am encouraged by? The release from the Bears indicates only George McCaskey will meet with us, not Ted Phillips. What could that mean, Jeff? Well, I guess I I would imagine that some of your reporting brethren will ask that question. The notable absence of Ted Phillips on this Zoom conference that we will be uh, awaiting coming up at 1 o'clock today. 362 days ago, George McCaskey was asked about Ted Phillips' involvement in the Bears organization, and this was his response. I've heard it often that um, uh, Ted meddles in football affairs, and uh, that notion is just absurd. It just doesn't happen. He's the president and CEO. Ryan reports to Ted. Um, But the idea that that Ted or, or I... Um, meddle in football decisions just isn't true. So Ryan will no longer report to Ted. Will the next general manager slash and the next head coach report to Ted? That is, I think, the only lingering question now before we get answers as to who the next head coach and general managers will be for the Bears. Yeah, the hierarchy is intriguing to me, exactly how they will lay this out. Because if they are truly seeking like marked change throughout the organization and they want they want a different outcome they have to have a different setup and i'm hoping that george can outline some of that for us today exactly the direction that they're going in and if ted phillips is still there i understand their loyalty to him but as we just mentioned he needs to be in a construction trailer in arlington heights and have no say in what is actually happening with this team roster and on the field i think ted phillips involvement in the organization can proceed where they will be success successful but he just cannot be the person who George is bouncing things off of when they're going through this interviewing process. Right. I do think and hope that they find a team president who will oversee the football operations and be responsible for hiring the next general manager and head coach. Because I am concerned, based on his history, that if George McCaskey has the final say in whoever the next head coach and general manager are, we're, we're just setting it up for a repeat of what we've of seen course. time and time again. Well, that's that's why I think it's been this way. That's why since Lovey Smith, 
was here for eight, nine years. We That's why it's been every three, four years we've had a different coach and a different approach. And and now it's, you know, Phil Emery was out in 14 and you bring in Ryan Pace and he was this young, hot GM that built a roster that largely underachieved. They didn't they didn't do what they were intended to do and they didn't get the quarterback right and they didn't win enough. And that's 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 an indictment. And this is interesting because it sets up just like in 2014 now where you've got a head coaching opening and a general manager opening. What is the move? Do the Bears need to go out and hire a head coach to oversee and work with the GM of their choosing? Or, Bears fans, would you prefer them go out and get a general manager to do the hiring of the head coach? It can work both ways in the NFL. And in crosstalk there, as I just mentioned, there's several instances across the league where you can point to the head coach as the guy who has the final say over how things work. And he gets more of a scout who's you know a director of college and pro scouting who kind of runs the player acquisition portion, but does so kind of at the heed of the head coach. And that can work if done correctly. Mm-hmm. So, Bears fans, how do you want to see this unfold? Do you want to see them go out and get a GM first? Or do you have a head coach in mind that you would prefer have the majority of the power? 312-332-3776 if you'd like to join us. That is how Scott in Lake Forest chimed in. Hey, Scott, what's going on? Hey, guys. First of all, uh, I think you got to get the GM first because they got to be in lockstep with the head coach. Um, doing anything and forcing a marriage after that I think is the wrong direction. But number two, what about this guy Brian Flores in Miami? I mean, shocked to everybody. He, he checks a few of the boxes. Number one, uh, he helped develop a, uh, a young quarterback, which is what we need desperately here. Number two, I know McCaskies are into the minority hire, and he, he checks that box, not saying to be a token or something like that. I think he's actually qualified. And number three, he's really turned the team around that was, what, one and seven beginning this year, and they went one eight of their last nine games. What are your thoughts on that? So he brings up Brian Flores, who was also fired by the Dolphins today in a bit of a surprise move. Now, I will say, I guess I would push back on the idea that he's developed a quarterback. Tua hasn't necessarily blown people away in Miami to the point where all the rumors circulating around Deshaun Watson being an asset that they want to trade for keeps popping up. So I I, I think you can definitely say Brian Flores has not proven himself capable of you know, developing a, a young quarterback in the league yet. Now he's a, in, and truth be told, he his main focus is primarily on defense. Yeah. So you can maybe give him that leeway. I, I guess so. I, I agree. He hasn't necessarily developed. I, I'm just not sure. I'm excited about uh, like a retread coach that just got fired that in, in somewhat of a surprise move that was unexpected. I'm not sure that's the direction the Bears need to go in this moment. They started one in seven. The Dolphins did. Flores yeah. was able to pull them out of that to the point where they actually got back to 500. The problem was, or if you want to really focus in, the Dolphins, the schedule that they were able to win six or seven straight, they had the greatest run of luck in terms of teams that they were playing and how badly they were performing, including some backup quarterbacks during that period of time. So they really, the Dolphins really took advantage of that. So that's partially why the Dolphins probably weren't necessarily overly impressed with the job he did. And Jeff Darlington, who uh, covers the NFL for ESPN, noted earlier today, the decision to fire Flores can be summed up with one word, relationships. His relationship with Greer and Tua had deteriorated to a pretty bad place, along wow. with constant staff changes. Owner Steve Ross no longer saw Flores as a healthy fit in Miami, and Greer, of course, being the Dolphins GM, Chris Greer. So 
There's some of the insight as to why Brian Flores was let go of. I don't know if you're necessarily, if you're George McCaskey, you should probably bring him in for an interview. But I, I would have a lot of red flags about that. A lot of red flags, especially for an organization and a family that is all about the relationships and and the good guys that they keep bringing in and how they all work together and the collaboration. Like you want someone who's going to kind of boost that up with you and and be on the same page with everybody. And you can't have a relationship deteriorating with a young, hot quarterback. That's another thing, Jeff. Like how how much do they allow Justin Fields to have any sort of say or interaction with these head coaching candidates and and how because you know what they're putting on him i mean he's he's the future he's it yes and it right now it's incomplete any nfl insider when they talk about the bears and how coveted this job is points to the fact that you have start with that potentially justin fields who could be your franchise quarterback in place we all agree with that the potential is there now yesterday you and i talked about the idea that how impressed should we be? Right. I made fun of you a little bit for your easy grading because you gave <laughs> Justin a B minus. I, I did. I gave him a C minus. Um, I haven't been thoroughly you know, convinced yet that he's the future. I still need to see more from him, but I'm still enamored with the talent. I think you're right. He does have to have conversations with the coaching candidates who are brought yeah. in. But not so much because I'm – listen, if I'm George McCaskey, I want to hear what my, franchi- my potential f- franchise quarterback has to say about these candidates – But conversely, I want the coaching candidates to have an opportunity to interact with Justin Fields. And then I would like their honest and raw assessment of the interaction that they had. And that hopefully you get a good read, too, on what their thinking is about Justin Fields. I want you if you're going to lead me out of the doldrums that the Bears have been in. I need you to be honest about what you see in him. And and I think I'm. An hour, two-hour meeting with him would be helpful in helping determining who the next head coach totally, is. Totally. They need to know what makes Justin Fields tick and what what will help and where his strengths are and, and kind of cater to his strengths and allow him to be the quarterback that is the reason you drafted him, the reason that you were so excited to get him. Don't screw that up by multi-managing or micromanaging him to the point where he isn't able to be himself. That's... They need a, they they need that connection. They, mm-hmm. Justin Fields has to have a strong connection from go with whoever their head coach is. Let's try Philly Sid, who's on ESPN 1000 right now, with Jeff Meller and Deanne Miller in preempting Greeny today as we're local all day long here on ESPN 1000, talking about the Bears changes. Philly, what's going on, man? Hey Jeff. Hey Deanne. Deanne, nice to meet you. Don't nice think I've ever heard you, you before. Um, yeah, you know when I called in earlier, I was one of the things I was offering your producer was uh, it'd be a great segment for Yurko to go from the bare essentials to here are the questions that I would ask as an owner of an NFL franchise of a pending president, a pending GM and a pending coach. Now that said, listening to everything that's been going on today, I've heard some, some really outlandish things that have coming on. I've been listening since you guys came on air this morning. Uh, Dicka, come on. People talk about him. of like, he's gold. You know what? Dicka last coached when plan B was still around. Not free agency as we know it today. Uh, Dicka, you know, he's done. He's great. He is what he is. He's Hall of Famer. He'll, he'll be enshrined forever, but let's not go back there. But to me, the approach, like Dion just mentioned, is it's got to start at the general manager level. you got to get that person in first and allow that person to hire their coach. And as far as coaching candidates, I would really be looking at these offensive and defensive type coordinators, really probably offense because you got Justin Fields. And someone – 
as an offensive coordinator who also knows somebody as a quarterback coach in the making who knows how to develop talent. That's the path that I would go. And I would tell them both as or tell the coaches that are coming in, give me two scenarios. Scenario one, you're stuck with fields. How are you going to make my team a winning team? Two, maybe we make this pie in the sky trade and we get somebody like Russell Wilson in here. How are you going to make my team a winning team? Fair points. Good questions, Philly. We will uh, continue to bat those around. We'll, uh, we'll get Yurko on uh, putting together a list of questions that need to be asked of potential uh, head coaching and general manager candidates. We'll get him on that homework assignment, I promise you. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Deion Miller today. We are in until 2 o'clock today when Waddle and Sylvie take over at their usual time. In for Greeny today, we are talking about the Bears' changes that have been made. Of course, if you missed it, Ryan Pace has been fired. That's the big news. And we were all anticipating it. It did officially happen today, January 10th. Matt Nagy relieved of his duties in Chicago. Meller and Miller here on ESPN 1000. This is Bears Bonanza Monday on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. Miller along with Dion Miller, fresh off of uh, the lead on ABC 7, the A block there today. The a block at the 11. Big news. You know it is. Big when the day. Bears make changes. It is the top story in Chicago. Absolutely. And they have parted ways with Matt Nagy. We knew that was coming. I think we've known that since at least Thanksgiving, realistically. It seemed very, very likely. But the surprise that I think a lot of Bears fans were hoping for. Did indeed happen as well as Ryan Pace has been let go, which means the Bears are in search of a new general manager, a new head coach. And I guess the question will be, will they also be looking for a new team president of football operations as George McCaskey meets the media today at one o'clock? No, Ted Phillips alongside him, at least that has not been indicated to us. So we shall see. I would have to imagine that will be one of the first questions brought up to George McCaskey. What is Ted Phillips' role going forward with the organization? So we will keep you apprised of what's going on with that and continuing to take your calls today on ESPN 1000 as we are local talking about the Bears changes. Jeff is in Jacksonville, wants to talk a little bit about uh, you're not a fan of Jim, Jim Harbaugh, huh, Jeff? No, I'm really not, and I'm a Michigan fan. Um Everybody gushes over the fact that he finally beat Ohio State. Understandable, fine. But he's still 1-6 against them. He's also 3-4 and four against Michigan State, 1-5 in, in bowl games. We know all the other history and stuff with him. Great. You know, it's, he can't make adjustments. He constantly looks like he's outcoached. He looks like he's confused. He looks like naggy and khakis, basically. <laughs> yeah, really, swap out the visor for a hat, and he's naggy and khakis. Interesting. Um, also, another, another one other interesting thing I think everybody says his record with the 49ers, awesome. Can't dispute that. However, in the last seven years, and especially last year when his contract with Michigan ended, why then did no other team come after him to try to get him? Mm. It, just, it seems like something that would have been almost a no-brainer. His contract's up. You don't have to pay for a buyout. Why not have gotten him last year? So, you know, Deanna and I were discussing this on the pregame show about the idea that, look, Vic Fangio was on Jim Harbaugh's staff, and so was Greg Roman. And those are two of the better coordinators during their time in the NFL. And so I think the fair question is now, Jim Harbaugh, the the one thing is, though, he has had success everywhere he's gone in putting together good coaching staffs. Yes. 
that's part of the job as the head coach that if you do that well, well, then hopefully everything else will fall into place. So Jim Harbaugh has proven that he has the ability to do that. That's something that he can succeed at at both the NFL level and the college level. But if he comes back to the NFL, are you concerned without Vic Fangio alongside him or can Vic Fangio be somebody who he could bring with him? I mean, you know I'm never going to be mad about Vic Fangio coming back to Hallis Hall. But I will say this about Jim Harbaugh. I mean, fans have asked for so long, and even people in the media have said, why do they not have a former player in here? And why do they not have someone who knows the organization from the inside and wore the uniform and did all those things? Okay, so if you're going to bring in Jim Harbaugh, you, you have to know what you're getting with him. And they know that. They know his personality. They know all those things. So I'm I'm not sure that's the right fit. I'm I'm not sure he's naggy in khakis, but I definitely think that he is too similar to that. That doesn't get me super excited. It yeah. really doesn't. I would say in terms of personality, they're dramatic. They're, like, they're not even close to the same type of person. I think what if you make the hire, though, of Jim Harbaugh, this goes into a little bit of what I'm talking about. You are, I do believe you're handing him the organization. He, I think, if Jim Harbaugh is hired, the GM is going to be somebody that he, he approves picks. of. So would because, you be okay with that? Would I? Yeah. So I do think if you're going to get this right, the head coach and GM need to be simpatico. We saw it. Listen, I guess I don't know if I got to it, but... When we were talking about 2014 doing it all over again, part of the problem was they saw Ryan Pace as a young up-and-comer who they thought could lead this organization forward. And the truth is that when they did so, though, they didn't have enough confidence or trust in him to go out and make his own hiring as head coach. We heard how Ernie Corsi, you know, was the consultant who recommended John Fox. And from the outset, you know, they wanted the veteran coach who could help guide maybe hold hands with ryan pace right right that was an absolute disaster, disaster. the way it unfolded yes you had three never years saw eye to eye. They, he didn't even know john fox was never even privy to the information that we're going to trade up for mitchell trubisky that was so, never discussed with your head coach so That's i think insane i think that is what they need to avoid this time around if you're hiring a gm you need to make sure that you either give him the autonomy to go out and hire his head coach yes or if there's a big name head coach who you are, you know, interested in and want to make the the face of your organization, that's okay. Yeah. But also then make sure that they have a GM candidate who they believe can work with them and be the person who's in charge of obtaining the talent that the coach will then nurture and develop. That's what they need to figure out. Hopefully today at one o'clock, George McCaskey will provide those answers. Something though that I think during his tenure he's really failed to do. Dare I say they need to be able to collaborate. Oh, if stop. that word is used today, I might throw up a little bit. <laughs> I, I would, I would hope that they would avoid it at all costs because <laughs> I, would hope I forget so too. what was. Do you remember the number? I the remember count. the count from I, last I, year. I, I'm I, sure I could go back my and head, find it. In my head, I feel like it was 17 or 18. Yes, that, that doesn't that sound right? Yeah, that's a, yeah. that was what was bouncing around in my head. So we'll go back and confirm that. But yes, I would think. <laughs> That if nothing else, they will look to avoid the collaboration word as much as possible today. Let's try Lewis, who's in Morton Grove. Hey, Lewis, you're on with Meller and Miller on ESPN 1000. Good afternoon. Uh, before I get to my question that I have for you guys, I would like to say, well, I don't have any um, opinion or comment on who should be the next GM or the head coach. But according to after the football after show uh, to Owen Cruz, I think what the problem is that they're offering $15 an hour to head coach. That's what I think is happening. 
But um, no. Um, is there any way Vic Fangio could come back as the defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears? That'll be great. Um, I'll hang up and listen. I think there's a way. I don't think he left on bad terms in any way, shape, or form. And he obviously was beloved by his defense. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows what he can do. He was beloved by the media. I mean, he was he he played it well. Now, would he want to do that? I don't. That's where I'm not sure. After you become a head coach, do you want to go back and not be the one in charge of everything? I'm not sure. Yeah, and, and the truth is too, because he still had years left on his deal in Denver. He's not going to be in a rush to fall into a, a position that he doesn't think is the best for him. He's going to be paid, you know, it was guaranteed money, so he's going to be paid for the next year or so. So he's in no rush. It's all going to be dependent upon who the head coach would be. Is it possible? Sure, but like you said, Dion, his tenure in Denver was not so bad that he needs to go back to being a DC. No. There is a potential where his next job could still be a head coaching job. I think he would have to sell an organization on who his offensive coordinator would be yeah. in that situation and why there would be improvement from what happened in Denver because that was the real issue. Dick's, uh, Dick, uh, Vic's, Vic's um, tenure there was good defensively, but it was offensively where they never got things right because they were lacking the quarterback. So I think Vic Fangio could still be a head coach in his next job if he can sell whatever the ownership group is on on an offensive solution. Do do they need to? I, I, I get caught. I get frustrated sometimes when they say, "Oh, it's a defensive minded head coach or an offensive minded head coach," like they did with Nagy. Like and and Nagy in his first job as as a head coach wasn't coaching the defense. He let them do their own thing. And he had that luxury with Vic Fangio, did not have the same luxury with Chuck Pagano. But I feel like you don't, I don't want, I don't want them to come in and be like, we're going to get an offensive minded head coach. I just want them to get a head coach, someone it's, who understands that you have to oversee all of it. And then they hire the right person to develop their quarterback. It's a great point. Sometimes you get so myopic and narrow focused on, on the, okay, we need to get somebody to work with Justin Fields. That you miss, like you just said, the fact that Matt Nagy came in and he really, he hadn't proven at the NFL level that he deserved a head coaching job. He had only called plays for six regular season games and a playoff game. And by the way, they stopped running the ball in the playoff game and ended up losing as a result of that. So clearly they were enamored with finding the next young offensive genius to the point where it probably blinded them to finding a, like you said, a true head coach. I'm with you completely. That is what they need to do here with this next hire. You know, and... if he's somebody who can, who's a, an offensive genius, great. But above all else, you're right. They need to be a head coach. And if that's a defensive mind, that's fine too. Peyton Manning has said it numerous times. Uh, he did so on the Manning cast this year. He felt like the person who helped him the most was Tony Dungy, who we all know yeah. is one of the best defensive coordinators. He's in the Hall of Fame. Tony Dungy opened Peyton Manning's eyes to what defenses were trying to do to him when he was you know, changing the plays at the line of scrimmage. Tom Brady has spoken about how Bill Belichick did the same for him. So you're absolutely right. It doesn't have to necessarily be a, you know, an offensive genius. It just needs to be a guy who understands football and can work with yes. Justin Fields in, together in collaboration. I would, <laughs> well played. I, I would love to, in some, at some point, have Justin Fields be in the same conversation as Tom Brady oh, and yes. Peyton Manning. I mean... That Please. Would, that, That's that, my small request. <laughs> that is absolutely the dream. 312-332-3776. Plenty of time for you as we are going up till 2 o'clock. Local today, Deanne Miller, Jeff Meller, in for Greeny today on ESPN. This 
is Bears Bonanza Monday on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000. Kind of seeing his um, body language change a little bit. I mean, it hurts. Um, He spent a lot of time here. He put a lot into the organization. Um, So, I mean, having that taken away from you is never easy. Um, And then for some of us in the organization, all we know is Coach Nagy and all we know is Pace. I mean, it's a... It's going to be a different um, transition for us versus other guys who've been through different teams and different things like that. So, I mean, for, I mean, every guy has a different reaction. So, I mean, just for, just for everybody, I feel like we all just want to move forward um, and just keep continuing to be the best player and best person we could be. That's one of the better names on Ryan Pace's resume during his tenure as the Bears general manager. Jalen Johnson talking about finding out about Matt Nagy's firing early this morning and how disappointing it was. Of course, mentioning that um, the Pace-Nagy regime is the only one that Jalen Johnson has ever known. Yeah. So it will be something that he needs to get used to moving forward next season. I think they're all kind of carrying that air of uncertainty into the offseason. Curious exactly what it means for them. I mean, that is such an unnerving feeling to know that there's going to be so much change and the guys that brought you there are no longer there. And that that doesn't feel good all the time. And all of a sudden, the way the organization was run could change pretty dramatically next yeah. season with new voices in charge. The voice you just heard was Dion Miller of ABC7. Of course, you see her all the time. You'll be seeing her probably, at the, I'd imagine, the top of a lot of newscasts today. I'm Jeff Meller on ESPN 1000, 312-332-3776. As we take your calls, reacting to the Bears changes today in for Greeny because, of course, we want to be local and talking about the biggest stories with you guys. Let's try Mike, who's in Elk Grove Village. Mike, what's going on? You're on with Meller and Miller. Hi, guys. Um, Once again, January 10th, 2022, a day that will live in most Bears fans as one of the best days of the past 35 years. So we're, we're happy for that. (laughs) <laughs> um, my question is this. Olin Krutz, I, I'm a big fan of the after show, um, even with Cap and his, and his blabbling. But um, I, what is a guy like Olin? I know he gave, you know, was maybe burnt some bridges yesterday with the $15 an hour story, but he seems like an intelligent former player. That Does he have the credentials? So, yeah, and we actually uh, played the Olin Krutz sound. Uh, he told Peggy Kaczynski on her podcast about a week ago, he told that story first to her, where the Bears offered him $15 an hour to be a consultant who would come in under Harry Heastan and be an assistant to help with the offensive line coach. And clearly, Olin talked about how, listen, he wasn't, they didn't really want him there if they were yeah. only offering $15 an hour. And clearly, I think we would all agree that th- that whatever they told here he stand and Matt Nagy about letting Olin Krutz be a part of the coaching staff. That truly wasn't in the cards if they were only going to offer him $15 an hour. No, they did not truly want him because they could have. He even said, he's like, look, I've made a lot of money with that organization. Um, and they they weren't wa- willing to have him or he wasn't willing to like go away from his family and do all of this stuff for $15 an hour. They knew he wasn't going to take it. It was an insult. It was an insult. It was an insult. Now, I, I'm a big fan of Olin Krutz and I like that he, he's a straight shooter and he, and he says what he's thinking and he knows the franchise inside and out. I'm just not sure he is right for that, for a role Yeah, inside. team president job definitely seems like 
Listen, Olin's got a history of, you know, getting into some, you know, some melees with former players, you know, not just in Chicago, but also in New Orleans. So I do think that would be a hard sell to make him, you know, your team president. But again, we've I've, we've mentioned the name Trace Armstrong. That's somebody who's a former Bear who's accomplished a lot. Yeah, that's a dream. That's a dream get. I mean, we're talking about Trace Armstrong had over 100 career sacks in the NFL, um, a lot of them coming for the Bears organization in the early 90s. And as good as he was as an NFL player, you can make the argument that he's more accomplished in his after career as as uh, the president of NFLPA for a time, as a agent for several high profile coaches across the football landscape. If you could, if you know, Olin Cruz is interesting, but if you're talking about a former Bear who you want to become your team president, Trace Armstrong should be at the top of the list, in my opinion. Top of the list, especially if you're putting Ted Phillips in that construction trailer in Arlington Heights. Yes. That's you need you need someone like. Like Trace. And I would imagine that George McCaskey at some point will be asked about the Olin Cruz $15 an hour job offer. I would think so, too. I mean, he's going to meet with the media. We don't know for how long, but he's meeting them uh, 10 minutes from now at 1 o'clock. So we'll see what he has to say. I would I would anticipate at some point he'll be asked. I would think so, too. Can I ask you this? Yes. We're about seven, six, seven minutes out. What is your level of confidence that they're going to get this right? That they're, they're, they're that the, even the way they handle today is going to go the way that they want it to. Boy, I, I would. I don't. I'm. <laughs> I'm going to say a five. Five. Is that too low or too high? In no, your I guess you're right. Like right down the middle. I, uh, like my point is, there's going to be some things that George McCaskey says that I don't think are going to make Bears fans extremely confident. No. In his leadership, however, I don't know if anything he actually says today is going to be meaningful enough. It's all going to be come down to the actions we see, right? Yeah, totally. And so if whatever he tells us today about Ted Phillips could be the truth or could also be, you know, what he says publicly and we're not getting the truth. So for me, it's going to be we'll be listening to a lot of what he says and I'm open to the possibility of getting some real answers. But I'm also I also have my guard up about what I'm being sold today. Same. I don't I don't trust them to have some sort of grand glorious plan spreadsheet. Uh, as to the route they're going to take in this moment. I really don't. No, let's try Mike, who's in Tinley Park. Hey, Mike, you're on with Mallory Miller. Hi, guys. Uh, one thing for just a couple things. First of all, I would like to say that I would be willing to work for the Bears in any capacity for $15 an hour. <laughs> we I'm, will I'm let them know. And I, have nothing, and I have nothing to do, so would you let them know? Uh, I think if you're going to get this right, you got to do it the way most people do it. Hire the president, then the GM, then he gets the coach. I cannot envision a coach having all that power. I mean, what if Peggy had even more power than he did now? Right. Boy, God help us. And mm-hmm. uh, one other thing, if I'm a candidate there, I'm sorry. I do not want my future tied into a quarterback who I'm not that sold on yet. So far, he's kind of looked like your average Ohio State quarterback. So uh, thanks, guys, for taking my call. Well, yeah, that's true. Hopefully, thanks, hopefully the, the next coach puts Justin Fields in a position where we can take advantage of the ability that he has, right? What was embarrassing, I think, this season was when Justin Fields was called upon and they asked him to run an Andy Dalton offense. And yeah. he it was not catered to him, which the moment they drafted him, they should have started planning an offense for Justin Fields. The moment he entered the building and they did not have that plan. That is ABC 7's Dion Miller. I'm Jeff Meller. I want to play this for you before we hear from George McCaskey today. Kyle Shanahan joined Sean McVay on his podcast this summer called Flying Coach. 
And Kyle Shanahan relayed to Sean McVay when he was choosing the 49ers part of the reason why he felt that an organization like the 49ers was the right spot for him. And it goes back to learning from his father, Mike Shanahan, who won two Super Bowls with the Broncos during his heyday, and what his father always told him about winning organizations. My dad told me growing up why the Niners are like the Niners, why the Yankees are like the Yankees, what a difference between a first-class organization is and everyone else, how there's only about five teams in the league, and this changes year to year, but this is what he told me growing up, uh, that are actually really trying to win. And that's all that matters is winning. Other people are just trying to survive. I think that's insightful. I think there's a yeah. lot of organizations around the league. Kyle Shanahan's not the first person to say that either. I've heard Jimmy Johnson talk about how 20 out of 32 teams before the season even starts basically eliminate themselves from competition because they're not truly in it trying to win at all costs. Right. They're happy to cash the checks from the TV rights deal that comes in and, and all the fans who are paying for tickets. But the truth is winning, you know, it's ancillary. It's not the main cause. Are the Bears truly a winning organization? We'll be monitoring what George McCaskey has to say. We'll let you know everything he tells you, what's pertinent to you. She's Deanne Miller. I'm Jeff Miller. We're in for Greenies Day on ESPN 1000. Back in two minutes.